It's the time of year when we're all thinking about goals and priorities. Now is the time to plan your next trip. Whatever kind of travel fills you up, whether it's lounging on the beach, connecting with family and friends, or going on a foreign adventure, Expedia has the tools you need to plan a great trip. Download the Expedia app or visit Expedia.com to start planning. You do need to be a OneKey member to use price tracking. Signing up is easy and free. Expedia, made to travel. Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Oh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. Welcome to Oprah's 2020 Visionary Talks. From the stage of my own 2020 vision, Your Life in Focus Tour, WW Weight Watchers Reimagine, and I join forces to bring you candid conversations with some of the world's most famous trailblazers, whose story of wellness will empower you to discover the highest, truest vision for your life. Ho, 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 we're ready. Okay. So when I started this very idea, I can't tell you what it means to me that so many brilliant influencers, trailblazers, people I really admire in the world said yes when we called to ask them to join them on the WW Presents our vision tour for wellness. And I mean, Tina Fey packed her parka and came all the way to the Twin Cities, y'all. Please welcome Tina Fey! Hi! Oh. Hi, everybody! She's here! Oh, look at you. Yeah, you left your parka at the back. You look. My parka in the back. Did, was the cold a little shocking? I mean, it was. I, I walked out of the hotel this morning and I went, ah! Like the moment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I did the same thing. I did the same thing. And I lived in Chicago all those years. Same, yeah, I lived there yeah. five years, but you lose your tolerance. Yeah, the difference is, the difference is too, that when I was in Chicago, I literally went from garage to garage. Yeah. I worked 14 hour days, I went from one heated garage to the next. So anyway, we're welcoming you here. Thank you, I'm so happy to be here. So, cool. so Tina and I had some fun yesterday because we both love Minneapolis for the same reason. We both love ourselves some... Mary Tyler Moore. Mary! We do, we do. So we had to go to the statue <laughs> with our... I was checking the realness little of berets. We're gonna make it after all. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Why did she mean so much to you? I mean, you know, I think only in hindsight do, do I appreciate 
what a new kind of show that was. You know, I, it was yes. it was on. It came on the year I was born, right? So I'm born in 1970. It came on there, and so that seeing that representation of a woman working a show about her at work and her work friends and all that stuff, um, that was a given for me. And I think that definitely influenced me of what I thought grown up life was. Right? We all wanted that apartment. I drove by the house uh, after I. Heard I you did. It's so pretty. Yeah, you can Is see that. Is it still there? Yeah, it's there. The exterior of the house. It's somebody's house. You should probably knock on the door. I didn't. But. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and just everything about it, you know, just like I definitely, obviously, from very young, saw myself of like that. I'm gonna live in. A, I'm gonna work. I'm gonna live in a big city. Those were the things I dreamed about and large part because of that show. Yeah, I wanted an apartment like that. I even had an O near my refrigerator, like she had an yes. M. Yes. Yeah. Also, her outfits were gorgeous. Her yes. style was gorgeous. Yes. Yeah. I started wearing vests because Mary did. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing. Really important to have role models like that. And then when I started in Chicago and people started writing, ask me for money all the time, I thought, now who would I write to? Mary. Did you write there? Yeah, no, I did not. <laughs> but I'm just saying, who, who, do, who do I feel that I feel close enough to on television that I would say, right. Mary, I'm having a problem. Could you help me with my rent? But anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, here's the deal. I know that you have been a WW member, not just a W member. You are a WW lifetime member. I'm a lifetime member. Thank you. I, you tell people what that means. I joined in New York. In, I had lived in Chicago and really enjoyed the food in Chicago and the big coats. Yes. And then I got to New York and I, we all took our coats off and I was like, what happened? <laughs> what happened under here? And I was sort of like, oh, I think it's time to sort of focus on this before I sort of it gets out of hand. You, so why did you choose it then? I think I chose it then. I went with my friend Paula. Uh, my friend, uh, hope she, I don't think she'll mind that I said my friend Paula Pell, uh, who's a hilarious comedian. We were both writers. You know Paula Pell. And we um, joined together. We were writers at SNL. And we used to go to meetings. You know, when you talk about connection, like it was old school days. We would go to a meeting over a jewelry store on 86th and Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> and the points were in books. I still have the books. You'd look up, you know. Like in my, a banana's two points forever to me. I, I can't, my, a banana can't be zero points, I can't. Um, and I ended up, I, we both succeeded on the program and I, I lost like 30 pounds that has mostly stayed off and in many ways kind of changed my career a little bit. Now it was like, oh, okay, maybe now you can be on TV, which is terrible, Yeah. In, but also like, okay. I said yes. <laughs> yes, it worked out. It worked out. Yeah. And you went on TV. Not only that, one of the we were been, been talking earlier, and those of you who are on it know the best part about Weight Watchers is community. And there's now an app. Yeah. The and there's something app. called Connect. Yeah. Where people are posting all the time. I, I, I was saying, it's the only place you can go and post your picture of yourself at 487 pounds in yeah. a bikini, yeah. and people say, "Way to go, girl." Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh. We're with you. Yay. I find going on, I actually do go on there sometimes, and people don't know it's me. You go me. on there? Yes. And you don't know it's me. I may have given your salad a thumbs up. You don't know. Um, but I find it really rewarding. Like, I don't. You are on Connect. Yes, ma'am. Not by my name, but yes. 
And your staff looked it up and they're like, we saw you, you have three followers. I was like, yep, it's perfect. Perfect, it's exactly how I want it. But I don't do Twitter and stuff like that because I feel like it can be so toxic. And so sometimes on a day where I'm feeling very stressed or like I feel like the urge, I wish I could go on Twitter and like say something back to someone or whatever, I go on Connect and I just spend like 15 minutes saying positive things to people and you f I feel so like refilled and p good as opposed to like leaving a mean thing on Twitter. Yeah. People get into some personal stuff on Connect. They do. Yes, I've seen people talking about, like you can put videos on there now too. And I, I one time I spent uh, quite a while watching a lady, an older lady talking about her weight loss and then also talking about like how her like, she's facing an illness, her mother had, was telling her like you're never gonna do it, and like community was rallying around her. Like it gets deep. On it's Connect. deep. Yes, it's deep. But you don't go deep. You're just on there. I just am like you can put Cool Whip on bananas, guys. That kind of stuff. <laughs> I also I heard you posted a strawberry something recipe. Yeah, it's where I take a strawberries and bananas and I put frozen Cool Whip on it and it's a little chocolate syrup and I tell myself it's a banana split. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, only seven points. Tell me this, does it, does it, quick ad. does it, does it excite you, thrill you, please you, or, re, or, or reward you, or all of them, that there's so many millions of young Liz Lemons out there in the world yes. who look up to all the strong women that you've created through your characters? Oh, that's very kind of you to say, yes. I, I, I'm always thrilled to meet somebody who says that they, you know, were inspired to become a writer or an actor or something because they saw me and Amy on SNL or they saw 30 Rock. I think it's great. A lot of times I can see them coming. Sometimes I see them coming and I'm like, you look exactly like me at 22 and yes, hello. Like it's always like a lady who looks in glasses. It's like they look exactly like me. But yeah, I think it's great. You think it's great. And I have to say, I heard that you really like the poster that we shared announcing. <laughs> I love the guest lineup for the this poster tour. for the tour. Tell us, I, tell us why. I, well, Where one, I'm poster? so psyched. I'm like this. I would like this to be how we repopulate the world. Just we go to an island. These women in the rock. <laughs> we start society over. <laughs> I'm just saying. Good poster. <laughs> so I hear you're in a reboot stage now. Yes. What does that mean? Well, it was interesting because I was doing the workbook on my way here and stuff on the plane, and I'm 49. I'll be 50 next May. How are you feeling about that? Ah, uh, thank you. I feel okay. I feel fine. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to keep. I'm trying to make myself say I'm 49 and not be like I'm 50, like because I'm not yet. You know. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it's only going to get better. I hope so. I think so. No, right? no, no. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And I will tell you, the only number that actually gave me pause was 60. But when I turned 50, my, my dear friend Maya Angelou was still alive. And Maya said to me, babe, the 50s are everything you've been meaning to be. It's everything you thought you might do. This is, the, this is it. It's coming in. You're not even there yet. Yeah, great. Okay. I, I agree. <laughs> but it was, because the, the, the book is asking you like your intention and stuff. And I was like, you know, I 
feel like I am at an age where all the things I ever thought I wanted to do, I did them. I always wanted to work at Saturday Night Live. I wanted to have a TV show. I wanted to have children, uh, you know. And so I, I feel like I'm kind of trying to be quiet and take things in, read, listen, and just am waiting for something inside me to tell me what the next thing is I want to do. Yeah, wait for that, yeah. actually. I would say, don't tell it, let it tell you. That's what I'm trying to do. Okay. Yeah. You're doing okay. Thank, yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so that, that's what the reboot is for you? That's the reboot. I, that and um, my husband and I are both eating better. Like, we go, like, my husband, was, his back was bothering him, and they told him to lose weight. And so, like, in that very male way, he was like, okay, and lost 15 pounds in, like, <laughs> two weeks. And I was like, yeah. Um, but that he happens does, with guys, yeah. yeah. He does all, most of the cooking in our house, and so like it's good that he's on a health kick because now everyone's like eating well and stuff and exercise. So are you conscious like, of it? Are you still tracking? Do you tr track every day? Uh, it was like when they said you're having to count, I was like, someone's going to be able to tell that I'm not tracking. <laughs> That's what I think sometimes too. Um, yeah. But I just know it's there for me. I go in and out. Like I know it's there when I need it, but no, I'm not tracking right this second. Um, and all my exercise I'm finding now, like exercise used to be about like, I want to look cute or whatever. Now it's like... I took, like five or six years ago, I took an exercise class at a gym, and they were like, okay, everyone to get down here, we're gonna do this, like, you need to be able to get up off the floor, ladies. And I was like, <laughs> that's where it's at. <laughs> I need to be able to get off the floor. <laughs> and I, now I do a thing called Turkish get-ups. Do you know what those are? No, what and it's like a thing where you get up off the floor, like over and over again. Um, <laughs> in stages and sometimes you hold a weight. I was with, <laughs> this was 49, I was with my, I have two, I have a 14 year old and an eight year old. And uh, I don't feel like an older mom. I had my eight year old when I was 41 when I delivered, but I feel, I'm hanging in with her. But last night before I um, left, we were like goofing around at the table and she like was joking like she was gonna kick me like that. And I was joking with her and I like turned sideways. I'm like, come on. And then she kicked me. And as soon as I did it, I was like, oh, wait a minute. And she <laughs> kicked me and knocked me fully on my butt. <laughs> took a turn and I was like, all right, your mom's, your mom's 49. Come on, come on. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI owned brands right now like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank. Some things should be boring, like banking. Boring is safe and reliable. You don't want your bank to be entertaining. Entertaining is for podcasts with inspiring celebrity guests, not banks. PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is the service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Inc., PNC Bank, National Association, member FDIC. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, 
varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Do you find it more challenging now to raise girls in this age? Well, the internet is horrifying. With the, that's what I mean, with the internet and social media. You're not on it yourself. I'm not you... on any public stuff. I love using technology to connect with people I actually know. You know, like I, I have a, a group of SNL lady friends that we, like, it's like Amy Poehler, Maya Rudolph, Rachel Dratch, Anna Gessler. We talk every day, and Paul Lapel, and we, we talk a hundred times a day. They're your gales. They're my gales. Yeah. Yes. Uh, until I can lure Gale away from you, <laughs> which has long been the plan. <laughs> um, and my kids, you know, my older daughter has a phone. She's on it. She's talking to her friends. Yeah, how do you, you protect them from what's so terrible out there? I think the kids growing up, like, in school... So though, do you have rules about it? Yeah, well, my little one does not have a phone. And, and what is the age you think you should have a phone? Well, I think it depends on the kid. I think yeah, I my thought... older kid was like 12 and that was okay. My younger one, I want to say 38. <laughs> She's trouble. <laughs> She's trouble. Yeah. Um, but they, I think kid, kids that young, they're like, we know, they get the whole thing of like, it's forever, it's for everyone, it's for, you know, because that's what I think my generation struggles the most with the going like, oh, I said that online and that, now anyone can see that and that's forever. We don't get that. Not at all. No. Like, I think speaking extemporaneously is like the most dangerous thing a person can do in 2020 is just like talk without a script. Because you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> you're going to be in trouble, somebody. <laughs> so let's talk about, you know, one of the things that amazed me, one of the times I think I was going to interview you, you were in the middle of literally creating, you were going to do for the first time that night, the Sarah Palin routine, and there was something going on with your daughter. It was, yeah, it was, uh, I spent what was probably the apex, probably the craziest day of a crazy time in my life. When we made the show 30 Rock, we worked 60 to 70 hours a week, and Oprah had very, very kindly agreed to be on the show, so we were going to shoot film all day on the Saturday. Right. And... Also that it had come to pass in the days before that 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 Saturday night I was going to go play Sarah Palin the first time and for the then, first time for the first time and uh, And then the next day was my daughter's third birthday party, and I was like, and well, I, I was like, I'm out. gonna make the cake, you know, like Yeah <laughs> Everybody here's one thing if you're a young mom, I will tell you they literally don't remember <laughs> all the things the birthday parties they don't remember. Don't that's start you, till they're like 10. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. 
Um, I was going to say, don't even start it. Well, it's at least about six or seven you start to remember. Yes, But a all bit. that stuff you're doing when they're two and three, and yeah. four, you're doing it for yourself. Yeah, you're doing it for yourself. So it doesn't matter fine. how good the cake is. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you made the cake. It's fine. Um, well, so you, weren't, you didn't even seem to be nervous that first, that you were doing that that first night. Were you really nervous? It, I think I weirdly was not. I was probably more nervous that you were there and that we needed to get stuff the, the with shop, you in yeah. the can. I did have an episode the, earlier in the morning that you were there where I started laughing uncontrollably and I had to shoot one little thing without you and I started laughing uncontrollably at a very stupid joke where I was supposed to be asleep yeah. and, and the guy next to me in the plane and then I, I get woken up and in my sleep I say, no grandma, no. And we never know why. I'm yeah. <laughs> anyway, and I started, I had the giggles and they were like, they couldn't, I couldn't stop and they were like, Listen, Oprah's coming in like an hour. You gotta pull it together. <laughs> Stop laughing. I was like, okay, okay. Um, yeah, and we were in the dressing room, and I was looking at ta news tapes of Sarah Palin trying to s sound like her. And Oprah said to me, like, "I'm concerned for you. Like, this is might be too much." <laughs> and I was like, sitting in Boston, I was like, when Oprah Winfrey tells you it might be too much, sit down. Sit down. And I. In hindsight, now that that time in my life is over, where I was like, we can do everything. We can go and we'll do the show, and then I'll be, I can remember a, like a feeling that now I know was just cortisol, just spiking at all <laughs> times. Like, I, like a tight chest, front and back, and cortisol, because that show was, a, 30 Rock was a lot of challenging people, mm -hmm. with challenging circumstances, and I think, that it, I, there would be days where I'm like, I feel it eating my heart. <laughs> like <laughs> the cortisol. The cortisol is burning away my heart. And so I, I don't feel that anymore. I have other shows now, but I'm not in them. And I feel that that's good. You know what I love about you is that, first of all, did you, you didn't know, particularly that first day, that the Sarah Palin gig, the, that that thing was going to turn yeah. into a thing and a yeah. thing and a yeah. thing. I did it and I, you know, all I knew was people thought I looked like her and I was like, I don't even work there anymore. And I don't think people realize that. And they're like, um, and I've joked and said that it was, I felt like it was my a prayer for Owen Meany moment. That was like everything in my life had been leading up to me be able to do that. And one thing I was thinking about that and about balance in general and the reason why I wasn't that scared was, I think because other parts of my life were in balance, I felt like if it goes terribly, I'll just go home and my family's there. <laughs> That's right. You know, I was able to have perspective of like... You, I will say that is the reason why Gail and I, and if you were going to steal her as a best friend, why she is the best friend, because she always actually loved her life and so never wanted any parts of mine. You can only have friends who are truly your friends, who are not jealous of you, who don't want what you have, who only want what, what they have, and they are yeah. happy for what you have. And that's why I have, uh, I also would be remiss if I didn't m mention my best friend from my home growing up, best friend Marlene Kimball, who is very much that. She's a teacher in Pennsylvania, and she, we are, celebrate each other, and yet I never feel like, yeah, that she's like, well, I wish, oh, this weekend I might have blown it. I probably should have brought her this weekend. <laughs> but, probably should have brought your yeah, friend. She's, yeah. Yeah. So do you have lots of girlfriends? Because you have the Saturday Night Live group that you talk to all the time. Yeah. 
Uh, I have my Saturday Night Live friends, who now, now that's old friends. You know, that's over yeah. 20 years ago. I have my old hometown summer theater friends. I have all my work friends. My friend AZ, who I used to work with, flew in from mm -hmm. LA, <laughs> because, not because of me. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yes. Let me, I wanted to ask, first of all, you are going to be hosting the Golden Globes. Yes, and Amy? Amy and I are going to go back and Amy next going year. back next year? Yeah. So here's when I'll be tracking. Next December, I'll be tracking those points. Yes. <laughs> back to tracking. Back to tracking. For the big event. Do you think, as a comedian, that there are some jokes, some things that shouldn't be joked about? Is there anything off limits? I, my honest answer as a comedian is sort of no. There, if you're a good enough comedian, and if it's true, and you, and you find the way to get at the truth of something, like, technically, no. But it's also like, you have to think of who you're speaking to. And I think what people are getting pushed back is that people, again, because when you speak now, you're speaking to everyone in the whole world. And so you get more pushback of like, yeah, I didn't, I can hear you and I didn't like that. And so it's harder to write jokes, but in theory, like, so when you say like, is there no, no topic? And I think like, in my mind, I'm like, I don't think there's any topic that I wouldn't want to hear what Chris Rock had to say about it. You know, I'm like, I would feel safe in his thoughtfulness and his skills. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, what's your take on whatever? But I also think part of my reboot is as a person in comedy, it's, we're all sort of like, not all of us, me and my peers are kind of like, all right, let's take a minute. Let's figure out how to make comedy without hurting anyone, because we don't want to hurt anyone. You know, um, how to make shows that are more inclusive um, and diverse. Um, well, you were doing diversity and inclusion long before it became the code word that everybody now uses, um, the popular word, because you had a theory about diversity and creating chemistry in a room based upon lots of different kinds of people, correct? Oh, yeah, I mean, I do think the more diverse the room, the better everything is because um, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just truly better because you don't want to be a bunch of Caucasian people trying to guess what's okay, if, you know, for a, a Latino person. <laughs> How about just have some Latino people in the room and right. come up with things together? Um, and it just, yeah, it's like, you wouldn't make a soup with like one thing in it and expect it to be good soup. No, you would not. <laughs> so you've been doing that for a very long time. Applause to you, Thank you for those. doing that. So when you rebooted Mean Girls. Yes. And now you, in Chicago. Yes, now in Chicago. Yeah. So when you rebooted Mean Girls, you had an idea behind it that just wasn't about Mean Girls. Yeah. The story, I mean, this. The Mean Girls story, it came from this sociology book called Queen Bees and Wannabes, which we probably talked about a million years ago on the show. Um, and it's about how to help girls navigate, they call it relational aggression. Now, I feel like... Oh, is that what it's called? It's called relational aggression. Mean Girls are relational aggression? Yeah, aggressors, yeah. Aggressors. Um, but now I feel like partly because of the internet and the anonymity of the internet and our climate and our culture that it's actually kind of metastasized this behavior um, of just like I'm just gonna 
throw a punch over here on someone's Instagram uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> account or tweet something at someone and, and walk away. Like, wasn't that amazing? Wasn't it, wasn't it so badass how I said that terrible thing to that person who doesn't know I, who I am? You know? And um, in the core of the Mean Girls message of the show is this simple notion of like saying, calling someone else uh, ugly does not make you better looking. Calling someone else stupid does not make you any smarter. And just trying to encourage people to walk away from that behavior. And so that was partly why it felt okay to me to like, oh yeah, I'll revisit this property or whatever, because I feel like it's still a valid thing to be talking about. I love when you wrote in your book, Bossy Pants. That was a great book. Thank you. Uh, you wrote, if you, if you retain nothing else, always remember the most important rule of beauty, which is? Who cares? <laughs> no one cares. Still gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> and you say you reached a point where you loved everything about yourself. And you, you actually were talking about your thin lips that make you look like your nephew. Yeah. I look just like my nephew. I did that like changing face change up. I'm like, yep, my nephew. Um, I think it actually is uh, very much a blessing that I, I think it's good to not be pretty as a teenager or, a, you know what I mean? Like it's, Why? Because I think if you're a very attractive young person, the world treats you differently and expects different things of you, and you may not develop other aspects of yourself, and then you will eventually, unless you're Christy Brinkley, you will eventually lose that beauty. <laughs> uh, and then you don't know who the rest of yourself is. You yeah, know? but Christy Brinkley is just, she's more she's Christy Brinkley now than she ever. ever. Yeah, she looks beautiful. <laughs> yeah, she is. She is. She is. But it never was an issue for you. I mean, I feel like I, I what, being too beautiful? No, it's never <laughs> been an issue. It's never been a problem. <laughs> but, you know, I think we've talked about this. I think it's interesting. To, I've moved through my life in a couple different body shapes. And it's interesting to go from having been kind of like, just like, a, like I said, just Chicago style comfy comedy person and then I lost weight when I was like 27, 28 and people who I had definitely met before introduced themselves to me and treated me differently and I felt like I, I, I was mature enough to be like, okay, thank you. Don't hit on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because people treat you differently. They treat beautiful people differently. We do. We can't help it. <laughs> and I think we all do, do we not? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And Which so, is why I punch my daughters in the face every morning. <laughs> and I love, I love it. What you just said is true. I think I remember reading this in Bossy Pants. You, the reason you're so secure with yourself is because you've moved through life in a few different bodies. Yeah, you know, it's it's so true. Yeah, you, you it's. Every, I think we say in Bossy Pants like every. You should try being in your life. Try being a little heavy once. Try being really, really skinny once. You can't stay there. You know, you get to the point where you're losing weight and you're like, then it just becomes a game yeah. um, of like, how much weight can I lose? And that you don't, you don't, wanna, you don't wanna reside there. You wanna live your life. Wanna live your life. Yeah. My goal now is I wanna, I see like old ladies in Manhattan, like bustling down the street. And that's like, my goal is like, I wanna be walking around town probably yelling at people <laughs> when I'm 85. When you're 85. Yeah, I want to be moving. That's it. I just want to be moving.
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. You seem to be so literally normal, calm, and balanced. What's the lesson that's taken you the longest to learn? The lesson taking me the longest to learn? Hmm. I think I'm at an age where I'm trying to learn that I don't have to be so obedient. I'm a very obedient person, a very obedient child growing up. I'm a pleaser. I want to hear that I got an A, you know, and I feel like you get to the age that you get past that and now I don't feel the need to please others as much. As much? As much. Have you completely lost it? Do you say, still say yes a lot of times when you mean no? No, I think I don't. I think I don't say yes when I mean no. Yeah, I think I'm cured. <laughs> I'm cured. It was the vision tour. <laughs> I don't think I do, yeah. So since you're in that state of reboot, yeah. are you comfortable being in that place where you're just waiting for the next to show up? Yes, I'm comfortable. I keep saying around the house, I'll be like, well, you know I'm retired. And then my husband's like, you know you're not retired. I'm like, just let, just let me say it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm comfortable. I'm trying to read more. I'm trying to be present and enjoying my kids more than, you know, my second kid has no understanding of how hard my older daughter had it when you're shooting and you're like, I would say goodbye to her at five in the morning and come home at nine at night. And, mm. you know, that was terrible. Ter um, hard. And, you know, now my little one, if I go for 10 minutes, she'll be like, where are you going? Like, she's, <laughs> she has no idea how bad it could be. Um, I, other thing I'm trying to learn is to, as we all are, to be more present, to put the devices away, and to um, be with my family in a way and not be caught up in the idea of what it should be when we're together. When you work a lot, working moms can tell you, like, you spend a fair amount of time at work being like, I'm going to go on Pinterest and look at, like, crafts I'm going to make when I get home <laughs> someday. Someday. Folders and folders of pinned crafts. And, and I, I had this thing where I was like, I'm gonna take my eight-year-old to this part of Central Park, this special garden, and we're gonna go and we're gonna take drawing supplies and we're gonna have a day. And I took her and she was like, <laughs> like, she was like it, just, it just went to hell. Like I just, it was, and we ended up like in a fight with each other and like, and I was like, maybe let's just be together and not try to plan it and not try to, you know. Are you glad that you're not, or would you want to be on Saturday Night Live during this volatile political time? Uh, I'm, I'm glad to not be. I think it's a, it's a tricky time to write about politics. It's tricky, 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 um, because you, still, you are still obligated to make it funny, you know? Um, 
You can't just be mad. Yeah. It has to be funny. Yeah. You know? um, but who I, would you most want to play now? Who would I want to play now? As a character. Oh, God. I'm thinking through them all. They're so beautiful. <laughs> I know I can't. I don't, I don't think anybody. I mean, what's that? You got one? Amy Klobuchar, Rachel, Rachel Dratch plays Amy Klobuchar and does an amazing job and, and looks just like her. Um, Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi. I could play Nancy Pelosi, but Marianne Williamson. Um, you know, in improv, uh, there's a whole thing when you're doing improv shows, which is where I came from, uh, which are these scenes that everyone makes up together on stage. And there's a rule in improv is when, when do you enter a scene? If pe two people are doing a scene, and, and they, when are you supposed to enter? Yeah. And they ask in class, they say, like, when do you enter? And like, oh, when I have a good idea, or when I um, think of something funny. And they're always like, no, the answer is you enter the scene when you are needed. That's when you enter. Uh -huh. So I will not enter <laughs> unless scene. I am needed. <laughs> but if you felt you were needed and you got the call. Oh, sure. Yeah. You would do it. Yeah. What is exciting you the most? What's right exciting now. me the most? I mean, being here with you. Thank you. Um, what's exciting me the most? I don't know. We, um, I'm dead inside, Oprah. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What's exciting me the most? I like my house. I like being inside my house. <laughs> so, you, I know, also did the workbook. Right? Did, yeah. Yeah. And what did, did you get, get, learn anything about yourself? Yeah. Well, this is actually ties to what I just said. Because yeah. the one, the, the uh, emotion and, and learning, learning was one of the things I circled that I wanted to work on because I feel like I lack an, a curiosity. Like I should be more curious about things outside my realm. Are you one of those people who has literally learns from your life mistakes? I hope so. Yes. So that it doesn't show up wearing a different pair of pants or skirt. Oh, yes. yeah, 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 I think yeah. so. I think, uh, I think I learned from life mistakes, yeah. But even just in terms of like, I don't know, like taking a new, doing new things, trying new things. I think I'm a person who needs to be pulled because I was obsessed with comedy. It's what I always wanted to do. I dove into that. Now I feel like I know about that. Um, and so I need to find what the next thing's going to be. Who makes you laugh? Oh my gosh, who makes me laugh? Maya Rudolph, Amy Poehler. Um, Kenan Thompson, David Sedaris, a lot of people, thank this God. This thing with you and Amy Poehler seems yeah. like it's so natural. Do you all have to work at that being so natural? Um, we have known each other since 1992, 93, and we've been working together. And I, I, I think I love about our friendship, it is the work-based friendship. Like we, that's the time, the only time, almost the only time we see each other is if we work on something together, which is probably why we're like, okay, we'll do the Globes again. Um, we were on an our first improv team together. We toured for the Second City together. Uh, we did Weekend Update together. And so that was like, that's my love language is working with people. I work with my husband, I, you know. Um, and so going into do something like the Globes and sitting there with a packet of jokes and going through it with her, it's so natural and so easy because it's 20, Five, 30 years in practice. Yeah, and that vibe just, just happens so naturally. Yes. Yes. So when you made, did your workbook, yeah. uh, what was your 2020 vision for yourself? Well, 
I think I, I was a little confused of whether it was supposed to be a whole sentence. <laughs> <laughs> or like how ethereal it should be, or if it should be like, eat more carrots. But like I said, I, 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 think it's about, <laughs> I think it's about listening and being present and, and like listening to try to hear what I'm supposed to do next. And, and when, you know, one of the practices that is actually a part of my daily spiritual practice is gratitude. Mm -hmm. And when you look back at your life, your career, just what you were saying earlier, all the things that you wanted to do, you're 49, you think you've done those. Yeah. What are the things that really make your heart swell with gratitude? With gratitude yeah. about all those things? Yeah. I mean, everything. The, the, the people I've gotten to meet, the people I've gotten to work with, um, being able to not, that I didn't run out of time to have children, um, you know, being able to be, do what I love and have financial success in it, I have gratitude for. I would, I know for sure I would be doing it anyway, even if I was still doing it in Chicago for free and working a day job, I know I would still That's be doing all this earlier. stuff. That's what I was saying You know what you're supposed to do yes. when you would do it for, you yes. would do it for nothing. I would do it for nothing, and I have, for, in the beginning, for a long yeah, time, yeah. 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 For nothing. Yeah. Well, we're glad you're not still doing it for nothing. Not still doing <laughs> me it. Me too. Me too. Oprah. Yeah. And so, what do you have a spiritual practice? I was raised Greek Orthodox, but now I would. Yeah. <laughs> now I would. I'd love people <laughs> shouting for Orthodox. Hello. <laughs> yeah, my religion. Yes. Um, uh, now I would refer to myself as like an Anne Lamott Christian. Like, just read some Anne Lamott, try to be a good person, try to impart ethics to my children. That's about it. And that's it. That's about but it. what do you do, since, you know, we're yeah. talking about wellness oh, here. Yeah. Okay. What do you do to keep yourself in that wellness space that you are working to be more whole yes. and not... Perfect, because you taught us that we don't have to do no, that. No, you can't be. Um, what do I do to be well? I, I, um, I eat well. I move around. I try to. I try to sleep now that I spent so many years sleep deprived, and that sleep deprivation is no joke. Like, I know. There's a reason so, they use it as torture. Audience, I'm amazed they're still awake. <laughs> I'm well, amazed Julie they're still awake because when I asked the question earlier today, that's the number one question everybody could agree they don't. They're not yeah. getting enough rest or sleep. Yeah, and that's the. It's. It's so hard to prioritize it for yourself, but you, you should try. I love going to sleep. I'm, it's my favorite part of the day. <laughs> I drink some natural calm, magnesium, and I go to sleep. Um, I, I'm finding that I really uh, need to be outside every day. Like, I need to make time to go walk and be in nature or as close as I can get to nature in the city. In New York City, New York yes. City, go to the park. Um, I'm trying to read more. I'm trying to uh, read more for a couple reasons because I'm looking to reboot. But also, I think um, I know my friends and I were all we're all very stressed by the news every day and the daily events and like fire in Australia and so many things like. Do you take it in? Because I was talking to a friend the other night who's like said, "I gotta go watch the evening news." I never watch the evening news. I I, I, I no. I try not to. Yeah. Before bed? Are you kidding? A, I look. I watch the morning a little bit, and then. Do you watch Gail? Um, it, I love, I'm NBC forever. It's tricky. It's tricky. Yeah. So oh, I, I watch NBC, NBC in the morning. Okay, yeah. Sorry. But, um, 
By the way, that was just a chess move to prevent me from getting Gail to be my <laughs> friend. That was relational aggression. watch everything on Gail's Instagram. I lurk on Instagram and watch Gail. Um, but I also like to read stuff because I feel like it helps me remember that the world's been around a long time and will continue to be around. And so like read things that were written a while ago and have a, a connection to things that are more permanent than like the news cycle. Um, yeah. But you don't take all that stuff in on a daily no, basis? No, I try not to. My, I think no. my friends do. My friends uh, need talk down like every night. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a lot of like, are you watching this? I'm like, nope. Not a bit. Nope, walk away. Yeah, don't even take it in. I can't even tell you what it meant to me that you said yes, that you would come here and talk uh, to all of our... I, I told Oprah I would... <laughs> I would say yes to anything in the world that you ever asked me to do. And by the way, like, if you ask me what my, like, spiritual beliefs are, like, the closest I come is my love of you since I was a oh. child. Coming home from high school, I would come home every day. Uh, and make a Jiffy Pop and watch you every day and eat that whole Jiffy Pop. And I feel like there are so many things that I'd say all the time that I got from watching your show. I always say, always be the only person who can sign your checks. Yes. I always say, uh, never go with someone to a second location, which Absolutely. actually, I used to say it so much, stuff like that in the room at 30 Rock that it became like a famous joke on 30 Rock of, uh, with Carrie Fisher's character. Jack Burdett wrote, like, never go with a hippie to a second location. And it's because I wouldn't shut up about things I learned <laughs> from the Oprah show. I went to a book club show once uh, when I was living in Chicago with me and I probably Rachel Dratch, like a bunch of us had read The Book of Ruth was the book. Oh, wow. And we went to that show like it was a midterm. I don't know what, we, <laughs> we, we like, we thought you were going to give us a test. Like, we, we took it so seriously. Oh, my gosh. So you, you are my church Oh, you are my you. church and my light. Thank you for coming to Twin Cities. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I love you. a bit of yourself, your soul with us. Nice to Thank you. Thank you, Tina Fey. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.